Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencanjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Independence Day here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Some things never change, though, but here's CR's beautiful fan kicking in over his top line. CR's fan. We've got a big show tonight. What's up, CR? Yeah, bitching about my fan. I couldn't hear you talk over Axel Duggan. Fucker. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even get the reference. It took me a second. I was like, oh, it's 4th of July. USA. Yeah, come on, man. USA. Uh, Undefeated in one course so far. I'm, I'm not in my uh, soundproof studio in one of my properties. I'm in uh, right next to the white trash capital of the world, Clifton Heights, where people are letting off homemade bombs and blowing their thumbs off. Awesome. Yeah. That was a good time Jean- to me. Jean-Pierre Paul, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Jason Pierre Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jean-Pierre, Jason Pierre, who cares? That's, that's, that's for September. Obviously, yes. But, uh, Man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We've done we've done a couple interviews this week, uh, and we've got a lot of guests here tonight. We are just going to be talking hoops, and there's so much to talk about here moving forward. As free agency kicked off with a bang uh, July 1st, and it was almost instantaneous. Uh, free agency was coming through, and there was updates and news and people going every which way and who's going here. Um a lot of guys staying put, but a lot of guys on the move. And uh, there's, of course, the big ones that we'll talk about uh, in a little while. But uh, let's go ahead and look at your 76ers. Um, not a whole, whole lot of moves made. Uh, Bellinelli and Ilyasova walk. Yeah, I know, you're laughing. Bellinelli, Ilyasova both walk. Bellinelli goes to the Spurs, which he loved. I talked about that with Jeff Garcia. And Ilyasova went back to the Bucks. Um, the 76ers did re-sign J.J. Redick, $10 million less than they did last season. So they get him for another year. They also picked up the contract of Wilson Chandler from the Denver Nuggets, who has come over to them in a – he opted in for his deal, and he will be there uh, – on his qualifying offer, let me double check the uh, the final here. If I can, if I can find how much he's getting coming forward, um, I'll have to look I a thought, little closer. I thought it was twelve point. I thought it was twelve point eight. 
I'm not a hundred percent on honestly. Uh, it, you might be right on that. I I haven't. My power's been out today, so my normal homework that I do for the show, I was unable to really get uh, done. Sadly, so uh, overlooked me a little bit. My power kicked off like all day today. Uh, it says here, Dan Chandler's twelve point eight million expiring contract. The Sixers will take it in the cap space. And Denver has saved $50 million in combined salary and luxury tax. Their tax bill now drops from $51.3 million to $14.3 million. And now Chandler will play in Philadelphia, perhaps, unless Philly wants to buy him out. Not really sure what they're going to do, but I think they, they get Wilson Chandler and they get a draft pick just for taking him. I don't think that's a bad move by Philly at all. Mm, I mean, I, I don't say it's a bad move, but uh, for what seven hundred thousand more, or a week, two days before they could have got Will Barton, who I think's a lot better. I don't, I don't have a preference between those two. I really don't. Uh, I don't think you know. It's not like a world better, like uh, Steph against Seth Curry, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, to me, they've been they've regressed. Um, Lost Ilyasova and Bellinelli. Bellinelli in the playoffs obviously was a defensive liability, but he also was a spark plug in the uh, 17-game win streak. Won two games specifically by his own shooting. And, you know, gave J.J. a break in that role. And I just uh, I think Brett Brown is, proves that he's Hinky's guy. He's a buffoon. He shouldn't have been left in charge. They should have hired a real GM. Uh, he trades Mikhail Bridges on uh, draft night downwards because Zaire Smith impressed him in a fucking workout. And uh, I just uh, don't see them without today without making any more moves. What they have right now, and they made a move to re-sign Amir Johnson with a, another year under his fucking lengthy belt. And they brought J.J. back, and if this is not a plan with Wilson Chandler that's been talked of part of his package could go to Kawhi and all this dumb shit, they're not going to win 52 games next year. They'll win about 45, um, in my opinion, if nothing changes. So that's well, I'll say Brown. this about Chandler. Chandler averaged 10 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 2.1 assists last season on 33 minutes played whereas Barton averaged 15.7 with four assists, five rebounds, but he played an average of two minutes more per game. So Barton you give the slight edge to, but honestly both players, they're, they're not – neither one is really that far ahead of the other. So that's at least that's in my opinion. I mean, I, I'd have been looking at Tyreek Evans. He's gone already to the Pacers, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe the Pacers did pick him up. We've got a – there's been a bunch of moves. There's been moves that I didn't even know about. Uh, we got a phone call, though. This may be our guest, if I'm not mistaken. Hello, sir. You're on Wide Men Can't Jump. Oh, good evening, uh, gentlemen. This is uh, Lou from New Jersey. It's Lou, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What's up, What's up Lou? Lou? Well, I've been following, of course, the uh, 
free agency, as I call it, the free agent frenzy very, very uh, closely. And, of course, the Warriors looks like they can get whoever they want and make it even more of a big success. And the Lakers, well, they got LeBron. Who'd have thought? Although, yeah, maybe about after, eight months, after I found about eight months behind, yeah, after though I found the reason really behind it, you know what? I don't, I don't blame him. It's not just about the money. It's about with his with his son, his son's future, looking for schools out there. If he's doing it, you know, to help his son, we gotta applaud that. You know, I thought he was just going out for more money, like, you know, but you know, at least it goes beyond deeper than that. And um, I don't, I don't blame him. You know what? You, you want to do what's best for the kid. So I don't I don't blame necessarily for that. Of course, I know the Cavaliers fans are crying foul like he did again. I don't believe it. You know that I kind of expected too. That kind of reaction. Yeah, I uh, I don't have a problem with it that much, no. Lou. I don't know if Nate does, but um, should we ask where else? Where where else was he going to go? I mean, Philly. Sixers. Sixers were in the conversation. Staying in Cleveland was in the conversation. And what else? The Rockets as an outside shot? I think they were the the final four. Yes. And, you know, uh, I'm a Sixers fan. I wanted them here, and Uh, it didn't happen. But the guy's in his 16th season. Yeah, I mean, guy's in season 16 going into – and. He he hasn't shown any signs of aging, but Father Time's undefeated, as I keep saying. And I was surprised well, at the um, length of the deal. You know, um, I don't show any signs of aging for uh, for myself either. And I'm not even a professional athlete, but I don't show any signs of aging at my age. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, uh, we're in the same age range. I feel like I'm 97, but Ooh. that's a whole other show. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he makes them a playoff team, obviously, unless they got, it's not over. So we don't know what anybody no. else is cooking, but, uh, uh, Nate's been fired up all week. What do you got to say about LeBron first, Nate? Well, first of all, again, I want to reiterate, go back and listen to previous shows. I called LeBron going to LA Everyone said, no, there's no reason. There's nobody out there. No, he's, I knew it. I knew it as soon as the rumbling started. I was like, yep, he's going to L.A., and that's fine. Um, I don't like it, uh, basically because LeBron James is the type of guy who, when he would go to Cleveland, his home team, the team he wanted to win the title for, and he won a title for, mm-hmm. I'll give him credit, he won, um, but he, compl- you know, he, he wanted these players around him. Andrew Wiggins gets shipped. Maybe good deal, maybe bad deal. We'll we'll have to look at that one later. Um, He wants certain guys around him. He wants certain players around him. This is the the type of players I want. These are the guys I want around me. If you can't make this happen, and he holds teams hostage. He 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 has players put into situations. He gets Kevin Love. He gets all these uh, new role players in the in the halfway through the season, like Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson. They get younger to try to entice him to come back. Uh, apparently, that doesn't work, and he decides he's going to p- take his ball and go to another team. Um, greatest of all time, my foot. Uh, I don't yeah. agree with that at all, mainly because 
the greatest of all time, can win anywhere. And he's won three titles, uh, two in South Beach with Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul, and one, or excuse me, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and one in Cleveland when, if it hadn't been for Kyrie, he would have only won two. Um, I'll argue he doesn't make his teammates better, even. Um, yeah, he passes the ball a lot, but does he really? He just wants to drive and dish. That's him. If he's not taking the jump shots, you know, LeBron's about LeBron. And it's becoming more and more errant these days. Now he gets guys like he gets Lance Stevenson, Ray John Rondo, JaVel McGee. Well, you know, about about seven years ago, this team would have been a threat. Uh, but right now, five seed. That's their ceiling in the West as far as I'm concerned. I don't see them going any higher than that. He's got Brandon Ingram, who's unproven. Lonzo Ball, who's a head case. Kyle Kuzma's going to be probably the, the about the second or third best player. You're looking at JaVale McGee, who, when he's not playing with the Warriors, is a, a blooper reel. And you're looking at LeBron James. Yeah, he's the best player in the world, but this ain't the East, pal. You're in the West now. Things aren't going to be right. easy. And I think they're a five-seed at best, unless they pick up something major moving forward. If they trade and get Kawhi Leonard, uh, they're a five, they, they are better that way. I think this move to the Lakers this season, and the reason why the deal was so big was because he knew this season we're not going to win we got to wait on Golden State to implode. And I'll talk more about Golden State implosion later as I have an idea of what's going to happen in the next. I'm going to look into my crystal ball, become a soothsayer for the NBA for the next few years. Um, but I crowned Golden State the champions of the 2018-2019 season a couple of days ago. It's over as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this whole season is done. And <laughs> as you hear Jack, background Josh Brown chiming in, he said, well, duh. Yeah. But yeah, um, he says it's thing. over. He... What? Go ahead, Luke. Um, um, okay, now that he's out for Cleveland, uh, where do you think that the uh, Cavaliers? How do you think the Cavaliers are going to do without him? Are they still going to be <laughs> like contenders, or are they going to go back down to the sewer where they were before he came? Oh, they are going. They are going to have multiple lottery balls in there. He, they're going to have ping pong balls galore. They're all. They're awful. They're awful without him. And they proved that. Larry Nance, your be, your best player now is Kevin Love, who is about 30 pounds lighter and about 400% less aggressive than he was in Minnesota. He can't rebound anymore, hardly. You got Tristan Thompson, who's more worried about women he's trying to impregnate. You got to deal with Larry Nance, who's young and scrappy. You got Jordan Clarkson, who's never really proven. Rodney Hood's probably going to walk. George Hill, eh, who knows with him. Jose Calderon even left, for God's sake. I mean, this is what you're dealing with now. You've got a roster of a bunch of guys that were there because LeBron wanted them there, and then LeBron leaves. He held the Cavs hostage year in and year out to give him what he wanted, or he was leaving. They finally couldn't produce what he wanted. He took his bag, and he left. He went to L.A., and he's going to do the same thing with them here in a few years. They're going to get Kawhi Leonard. They're going to make a run for a championship, and then he'll just he'll do what he does with, with the Cavs. He's going to hold the team hostage. He's going to sit there for – Oh, here's a two-year deal with a one-year player opt-out. So I'm going to play for you for a season, then I'm going to opt-out, and then I'm going to decide if I want to go join another team that's going to have better young players and a core. He's a jerk. I can't stand him. Might be a good human being. Uh, the way he does business yeah. is Well, is every crack. team's got one jerk. <laughs> well, apparently right. LeBron's, on, LeBron's on team three now, so he's only got 20, well, what, 29 to go, 20, 27 to go. Right. Well, as I've often said on the, maybe not on this show, but on other shows, 
Really shows LeBron has the biggest ego in the NBA, maybe in all of sports, period. He has a big uh, ego problem. Probably so, but I'd say justifiably oh, yeah. so. I mean, uh, where, like, where in that scenario, Nate, would you be happy with him if he stayed in Cleveland? Stay in Cleveland and build your team. Exactly. Work on building your team. If you're going to hold your team hostage, at least work with them. You just added Colin Sexton, who could be good, could be bad. You have dictated what they do in the offseason to win now. LeBron's never had to plan for the future, to try to win for the future. Why? You know, I know he's getting late into his career, but come on, man. Stay in, and this is your hometown. This is supposedly the team you love, and now you've so left twice. I didn't hear what Lou said. So you say you that is my hometown. I'm speaking of like, you know, him when quoting. Like, this is my hometown. I was, you know, winning a championship. It's like you went back on your word. Oops, sorry. He did. Um, I'm, I'm going to L.A. There's a word for that, yeah. folks. And we know we, and you know what we call it, don't we? Well, that uh, there's blue. several words. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. I'm going to keep it clean. Okay. Turncoat. Uh, yep. Every time. Yeah. What well, was Lou, the word? We got a guest turncoat. Yeah. Lou, oh, if you don't okay. mind, we're going to put you on, on hold. A scheduled guest here, so if we put you on hold, we'll get you back here in just a couple minutes. All right, buddy? All right, thanks. All right. All right, joining us now should be uh, James Hollis, contributor for bballbreakdown.com and realballinsiders.com. James, you with us? James Holdis in the building. What's up, brother? How you doing, How you my doing, friend? James? I'm good, fellas. What's good, good, good. Well, James is, uh, writes about all the NBA, and he talks all NBA all the time. We've been, I've been on a LeBron rant for the past ten, fifteen minutes, and uh, so, James, what are you thinking about what's going on with free agency right now? The league is turned upside down by a few moves. What's your thoughts? All right, so give me first of all, give me the cliff notes. I want to hear your rant. What what are you ranting about? How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm not uh, saying I'll, 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 I'll go oh, first. Go ahead, TR, mine's quick. Mine's quick. Go ahead. I, I don't I don't really care that he went to the Lakers. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. And it, it's uh it seems to have enraged Nate. So Nate, now you can go. I've never been a fan of guys jumping ship. Uh, to teams, especially free agency. Uh, I'm more like if he would have left in a trade maybe and left this franchise a little something. But I've never been a big fan of teams having guys jump ship in free agency. That's just me. Never have been. Of course, if it was my team and they required LeBron James in free agency, I'd love it. I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't. But LeBron jumping ship, leaving Cleveland again, after he said, you know, hey, this is my hometown. I want to make this team good. I want to win a title. He did win a title. But he was constantly trying to win, play for the now. And now he's got this Cavs roster in just a horrific spot. They have Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, uh, Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson. This is just, a, you know, a glorified AAU team as far as I'm concerned. I mean, for the NBA, for the NBA level, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a lottery team at best. 
I say what LeBron did was brilliant because on one hand he did win a championship and he, you know he got his team to the finals every year um, in the last few years. On the other hand, he hates Dan Gilbert and so he really stuck it to Dan Gilbert. So that's that's a massive stroke. Now the people of Cleveland love LeBron for bringing home the ring and you know competing. Yeah, he was great. And then he also gets stuck it to the guy like Dan Gilbert because you know him and Dan Gilbert obviously famously don't get along. So. Um, my thing is, man, Isaiah Thomas did everything he could for the Celtics. He got traded. Blake Griffin got sold a bill of goods by the Clippers. They told him, hey, we want you to retire here. They, they did, you know, a big mural and pictures with him and MLK and Gandhi. And he got traded a few months after signing a giant contract. There's no loyalty from the teams. I, I refuse to demand loyalty from the players. That's just not fair. So, um, good on LeBron. He exercises free agency. And, um, hey, the weird thing to me was him giving the four years to the Lakers. Um, and it's weird also he'd go to the Lakers and play under the shadow of Kareem and Magic and, and, and Kobe. But it's whatever, man. Um, so I can get why people maybe don't like it. But the fact is, if teams can shit players out for whatever reason, there's no reason that players can't leave for whatever reason. I, uh, I tend to agree. Um, I'm a little let, less passionate about it. I I'm from Philly. Nate uh, is from West Virginia, but is a diehard T-Wolves guy. Um, on my end, I was disappointed when I saw the signing, especially with that Magic Johnson interview talking about it might take me two days and I'll see myself out, that kind of thing. And I heard Brett Brown and his cast of dummies went out there and uh, weren't even in the running. So uh, it was upsetting on that level. But, I mean, to me, it, it – it's the guy's 16th year in the league. He played four seasons and opted out in the fifth for Cleveland was in the championship every year. And, uh, I don't see it being a big deal. I really don't. I mean, it's a huge deal for the simple fact that LeBron's finally out of the East. Um, the East power structure is all different. Now we're seeing LeBron. He committed long-term when he's been doing one, one year deals all this time. We're seeing him work with a bunch of, you know, we, we know he wants to have at least one star and then somebody else. Now he doesn't have that. So, in a one way, it is a big deal, but I'm with you as far as it is what it is. And players have that right. Like, you know, once KP left the Thunder and went to join the same team as up 3-1 on, like, all bets are off now as far as I'm you know, So, it is what it is. I know that people don't like the new age of NBA where, uh, you know, the star players are doing a lot of team hopping and, and collaborating. But I, I don't know, man. Just I, I can't get worked up about it. Yeah, me neither. Well, my thing with it is is LeBron, he went to a team that is now going to be the fifth seed in the West, but I think he knows Golden State is the team this year, even before the other trade that absolutely – like the LeBron, the LeBron move, I, I saw it coming, so I wasn't that upset about it. I was like, okay, he's going to go to L.A., whatever. Uh, this is not as bad as him leaving Cleveland the first time and going to Miami as far as I was concerned. But then, like, my blood pressure shot up when I saw the most ridiculous signing, maybe in the history of basketball, of Boogie Cousins, a guy who I loved. I loved in past tense on that. I loved Boogie Cousins. I was a huge fan. I supported him. I even when he had the bad attitude, I was all about me some boogie cousins. And he takes a five point three million dollar mid level exemption to play for the Warriors. What 
the crap is that? What a cheap, just horrid, horrid decision by him for his legacy. Yeah, he'll get a ring out of it. And, and you know what? If that's all you wanted, kid, then congratulations. You got your ring. And and that's just good for you. Good for you. Get your ring. All right? I mean, now you my thing with the I, I, I just hate it. My thing with Boogie, like, I get it because at one point we thought of him as a top, you know, what, eight to ten player in the NBA. And it, it seems like, you know, now we're hearing, oh, five also their position and go to state. Well, we don't know what Boogie's going to look like when he comes back from that Achilles injury. Elton Brand got uh, – he tore his Achilles right around the same age. I think Elton was like 20, 28 when he tore his. And Elton Brand was like uh, a shell of his former self when he came back. It, it it matters, man. And I know that technology is a lot better now. I think Elton, Elton tore his back in like 2007 or something. But um, it, it it it's tough, man. But he's so he's huge, and people keep saying, "Well, he doesn't he doesn't really depend on athleticism." That's not true. He's very athletic. He, he's not like a huge leaper, but you know he changes direction, the dribbles, the spin. That's all, that's athleticism, you know, and that's what Boogie depends on. So if he can't get that back, that I mean that might be a loss of five million dollars. And I get it. It, it looks really bad. I I don't think it's that big a deal. And I'll chime in. Uh... That, as you said, the Achilles, Kobe Bryant was never the same after he tore his as well. And um, I think there was one player that was pointed out somewhere the other day that actually came back strong. The only one who came back strong was Dominique Wilkins. Dominique came back really strong. Yeah. And he looked looked really good for a few years afterwards. That's literally the only one I could think of in basketball that came back and looked like, you know, at least like 90% of their former self. Dominique had a really couple yeah. good seasons after the Achilles. But, yeah, man, uh, Elton Brand, um, I think Mehmet Okur basically had to retire after he, you know, he tried to come back. It was nothing like his old self. He retired. There's a handful of, like, big men just don't really seem to recover well from it. So, knock on wood, I hope Boogie does. I get why people get upset. But if, if, if the rumors are true that he, he had no concrete offers before Golden State, um, I know they say that him and L.A. kind of discussed going there. He he had like talks with uh, with the Pelicans, but they never made a formal offer. I mean, hey, a player of his caliber, you know, he, he might have felt disrespected, and you can kind of you can kind of understand that. So um, it's tough. We'll see if he's a game changer next playoffs. Then I guess I'll be with you. Like this sucks. You no, know, now they're unbeatable. They're they're totally unbeatable because Boogie Cousins is destroying guys off the bench. So we'll see. I will I will say that our Pelicans insider uh, William Gilroy. They informed me that the Pelicans never made an official offer. They had made an offer earlier in the season of two years, $40 million for Boogie. Boogie wanted to wait until free agency. He got hurt. The Pelicans were still throwing those numbers around. Uh, they did not make a formal offer, but they did. Boogie knew that that offer was on the table and that they were still interested. Their parties communicated he still chose. He took the punk move out. Now, this is me talking here. This is my opinion. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he went ring chasing. Uh, and to me, this is bad for the league. Um, it's good for the players, and that's fine. If I was in their shoes, would I do the same thing? Probably, if I was him. I'm not not knocking the guy for wanting to win. I'm not saying he's breaking a rule, because he's not. But as a fan, as a guy who likes to watch competitive basketball – this kind of just ruins all that because you saw the NBA Finals we had this past year. What a like other than Game One, what a snooze the NBA Finals were this year. Four games done, 
Warriors was a sweep. It was just, and it's not good for the league. I don't see how people will want to tune in to watch a team utterly dominate. Yeah, you watch the Harlem Globetrotters when they come to town, but are you going to watch the Harlem Globetrotters and the the Generals in a seven-game series? And, you know, sponsors pay big money? I don't think so. My thing thing is you're absolutely right. The finals were a snooze, very anticlimactic, not fun. But overall, I think, if I remember correctly, the playoffs overall had a really good market share. This season had a really good share. As far as, like, people watch. People tuned in all season. We all thought we knew Golden State was going to win it, but people watched all season. People tuned in for the playoffs. It's hard to take that when people continuously watch. And I get it. The last four games, you know, was, was, you know the last five games weren't a lot of fun. It's, you know, Golden State just kind of having their way. Um, and we might see the I, same next year. I have another take on this. Um, you're mentioning last year it was a snooze fest, yada, yada, yada. They lost no players prior to Boogie joining them. So what's the difference? Um did you think anybody was going to uncrown Golden State prior to the boogie signing? If Chris I mean, Paul if he stays signed, healthy, if Chris Paul stays healthy last season, if Chris Paul stays healthy, they, play, I'm tell, if they, he plays game they, seven, they, that's a completely get the different fuck out of here. That's no, 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 no. I mean, you got a point, but like that's my, my this is my favorite saying. If if was the fifth, we'd all be drunk. Like we can play the if game all day. The point is like they didn't, and Chris Paul gets hurt every playoffs, and they lost Trevor Ariza now. So like I don't know how much that changes for next season. You know what I mean? I mean them losing Ariza hurts, but I'm talking last season. I legitimately thought the Rockets had a chance to beat the Warriors, and they did. They were up three games to two going into Game Absolutely. Six. I had a feeling they wouldn't win Game Six, and then they go in, they lose Game Seven on a horrendous horrendous shooting night, and they don't even lose by that much. They go, oh, they missed 27 straight threes. If Chris Paul's in that game and not Eric Gordon, and he's chucking up a couple threes and they go in, changes the whole complexion of the game. The third quarter is different. The fourth quarter is different. We don't know. Yes, the Golden State Warriors won, and yes, they dominated in the finals. But I'm telling you, we're one Chris Paul injury away from that that seven-game series being different. I totally disagree. The Warriors play – up and down to their competition. They win when they want to. They lose when, you know, they play yeah, blase I'm, I'm and other games. I'm going to give them this one. The, war, the Warriors were legitimately kind of shaken in that series. Iguodala out, and they, they looked they looked really spotty in that series. Iggy was out. I think Steph wasn't quite 100%, and they really were under pressure. When you're, you can't tell me when you're down 3-2 to a supposedly inferior team, that's not just a team that's not trying or playing out of competition. They, the Warriors were legitimately on the road. I think – to a man, they'll admit that. I had no, I had no doubt at three two that they were in any jeopardy. I said it last week. If they had Cliff Paul, Chris Paul, Billy Paul, who sung "Me and Mrs. Jones," um, Annie Paul, five of them, Golden State would have just turned it up and won in seven games. That's all. They're they're the best team. And Boogie Cousins, as you said, could be out as as late as May next year. And the league-wide did not make an offer to his people at July 1st. Yep. So he said, fuck it. He told his people to talk to the Celtics, talk to the Lakers, talk to the Warriors. Fuck this league. I'll just do it. You know, they don't want me. I think there's a report that uh, the Lakers could have had him for, you know, almost the same or maybe more money, obviously. They had the money for it. 
and they yeah, showed and he, not and he, All right, and he wouldn't have signed with, say, the Knicks for a mid-level exception. He would have signed for five years, one seventy-five million, with an opt-out in the fifth. But they didn't fucking go after him. So I mean. Uh, pick your poison. Would you be mad if he went to the Lakers? Would you be mad if he went to the Celtics? Not I mean, as mad. I don't know. I was going to say it. No, not as mad. I really wouldn't. Because, he went to no, the one team that angered me. Because, like, I'm, I'm with you because no matter what, the Warriors are the favorite. And adding Boogie is just, like, overkill. While if he, he goes to the Celtics, that's like, all right, we need we need more ammunition to try to beat the Warriors. That's different, right? They did five minutes for him, but. Um, I'm a Celtics fan. I didn't want him in Boston anyway, so I, I don't mind that. Because, I mean, the injury. Like, the, the Warriors are the only team they can afford to say, go ahead, Boogie, rehab for another six months. We don't care. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. I'm, 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 well, I'm sorry. The Lakers could, too, since obviously they're punting this season. So, whatever. Yeah, it looks like they are. Which is the, the weirdest which... thing to me. That, like, you know, you get LeBron James for four years. He's 30, he'll be 34 in December. You're telling me that you're signing one-year deals to keep cap space for next summer is just the oddest thing for me. But we'll see how it works out. I just have an issue with the fact of it seems like the modern NBA is about to be relegated. We have 30 teams in the league, and it's getting dangerously close to us having legit four to five teams with all the marquee players. Now, I get it. Every year you've only got four. Maybe if you're lucky, four teams are going to be the favorites to win it. And I get that. That's fine. But the league is going to be so top-heavy that it's just going to be like, okay, let's say the, the, the Warriors are going to play the Celtics. Well, that's going to be a marquee matchup because that's all the stars. All right, now the Warriors roll into, you know, San Antonio. Okay, San Antonio loses Kawhi. That's not a marquee matchup anymore. Kawhi's gone. Kawhi goes to the Lakers. Okay, nobody cares. It's To me, it's just lost opportunity. And I think we need to spread these, these star players out. They don't need to all congregate together and try to, like, they're treating it like it's AAU ball or it's, you know, the court down at the park where all the best guys get together and they just run the court and run everybody off the court. Eventually, nobody's going to show up to play anymore because what's the point? Uh, I'll go. I I see that uh, the big picture you're painting is is I'm not going to argue with that. If everybody goes to four franchises and just has four super teams and the rest whatever, but I you know I openly predicted that the Warriors will implode uh, probably after next season. You know before free agency, Clay's going to roll. Draymond's already said he's going to roll. Steph's got ankle problems, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the next year is the last year that they're going to be so star-studded. Uh, as our guest pointed out, LeBron's going on 34, his 16th season. And if he's just going to you know, try to improve the players or feel out the, the, the players for the following year for the quote-unquote big splash, he's going to be in year uh, 17 and 35. And father time, the clock's ticking. Uh, I don't – I mean, a super team now is 
sort of the Celtics, but they didn't know that. They didn't know how great Jason Tatum was going to become over the over the year. And, uh, you know, they got Gordon Hayward coming off a broken leg, et cetera. Name-wise, they're kind of a super team, and they, they kind of lucked into it. Or I shouldn't say luck with them because they're – the people in charge are all smart. Um, and I just say to the rest of the league, step up your fucking game. If I'm, if I'm playing on any level, I mean, I didn't play that high, but I played to high school. If somebody was better then I, I had nothing, nobody to look at except myself and my teammates. I mean, and that's it. That's my thing. Like I get what you're saying. It does seem like right now it kind of sucks. You might have three or four top heavy teams. First of all, I think there's more talent in the NBA now than maybe at any other time in the past. As far as player for player, there's so many really good players. Like Paul George now is maybe like the 15th or 20th best player in the league. He would be like a top three or four player maybe in like, I don't know, 97, 98. And I'm not, I'm not trying to drag the talent. There's obviously Shaq and, you know, Hakeem with the talent of his career and you know, Mike with the talent. So, you know, my point is like right now the league is really deep, deep with talent, you know. Um, so we don't like it. Golden State right now is dominating. I'm agreeing with you that they, they're not going to last forever. We just saw them taking the seven by a team with two stars. Um, Clay or Dre is probably going to be gone soon. I think Dre's skills are starting to decline already a little bit because Dre is uh, basically an undersized center who can pass really well, and that, that's not going to age very well, I think. Um, he's overrated. Uh, I, I'm not going to say he's overrated, but it's like he, it's very unique. He's, he means more and is better for the Warriors than he would be on a team – without three other stars. I can, I'll say that. So, um, but yeah, it's going to become untenable for them because now that Steph has gotten his max money, uh, KD is going to get 30 million a year. Dre and, and clay. I mean, what, are they going to take 12 million a year? No, they're going to want some, some sizable money. So I'm with you. I think, I think it's going to, it's going to just get it. They can't keep spinning all those, those uh, plates in golden state sooner or later. Steph's going to be 31 here soon. He already has injury issues, and knock on wood, I'm not hoping he gets injured. But it's, it's I mean, hey, we have maybe another two, three years of Golden State being at the top. I, I feel I'm with you. I think it's going to happen soon. The Rockets, I think, are, are not going to stay at the top. We're going to see a new breed soon. Hey, Jason Tatum's rising. Uh, the Philly, Philly's rising. You know, so it's it's cyclical. And right now, it's Golden State's time. They're dominating the way few teams have. It seems almost hopeless. It's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. And and uh, you know, hey, Devin, Devin Booker's in Phoenix. I know he's not a, he's not a top thirty player, and he probably never, he might never be a top twenty kind of guy. But the point is, talent is spread out. The, the guys are there. They're they're just, they're they're growing. They're developing. Um, you know, besides Devin Booker, like look, I like the guys that the Knicks have. I'm not saying the Knicks gonna be great anytime soon. There's talent there. There's talent everywhere in the league. And it's, it's developing. And in five six years, when a lot of these guys we say are stars now kind of age out, there's gonna be a new generation. And they're not all going to be in Golden State. They're not all going to be in Los Angeles. They're not all going to be in, in Boston. They're going to be everywhere. So, um, yeah, I get it. It's not fun. I, I get it. It's, it's not compelling to watch Golden State just destroy everybody and, you know, walk the champion. It's not, it's not fun. It's not going to last forever, though. I agree with that. Nate doesn't. <laughs> oh, I know it's not going to last forever. I'm just looking at it as a guy who – like I, I'm living in the present in terms of the NBA. I predict this Golden State, they're going to win the title this year uh, handedly. They will not go past – if Boogie's healthy, they will not go past five games um, I, you know in the playoffs. I'll take, a bet. I'll, no, no, I'll take a bet with you on that. If, if go, I say this. If the Boston Celtics are healthy, the Celtics can push them to at least six. 
Even with Boogie. If Boogie's if Boogie is healthy, like yes. and he's the old Boogie, the Boogie of old, I do not yes. see Boston getting past five with them at this point. Boogie, I said I said they go six and they still have a chance to beat him. Because again, Boogie, this is what you. I mean, we just watched the Pelicans get better once Boogie went down, right? He's one of those guys. Yeah. He's one of those kind of players where he his points and assists look great. His points and rebounds and assists look great. His numbers are going to compile, but his statistical output does not equal impact on the game. And it's funny because I mean, sure, he's way better than Jerome McGee. Has to do two things: grab a rebound here and there. And block shots. Oh, sorry, three things. And when we throw the ball by the rim, go get it and dunk it. That's all Javel was asked to do. And Boogie, God bless him, can do those things. He doesn't do those things solely, and he takes a lot off the table with the, the turnovers. The you know he wants to take jump shots. He wants. So we'll see, man. I just I'm not I'm not worried to like if they're going to win it next year, it was done without Boogie. Boogie won't be the difference maker. That's my point. All right. Do you have anything else you want to speak with us about here, James, since we've taken so much of your time? Uh, anything else you want to throw at us? Um, I'm just really scratching my head over the roster that Los Angeles is building around LeBron James. Um, LeBron made a big show of saying he wanted to go somewhere where he can play with guys who think the game, not just play the game. And they give him Lance Stevenson and uh, and JaVale McGee. That's just really weird. Um, LeBron and Rajon Rondo. Well, see, Rondo's a smart player in his own way. But yeah, that's, that's, I actually didn't. That's another I didn't mind that signing. I didn't mind that no, signing no, for no, them. No, I thought no, that was one of the better ones. No, no, that's because Ron is the primary ball handler, right? Anywhere he goes, he's the primary ball handler. Then you got Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is going to be your secondary ball handler. And, you know, they can stagger him and Zoe. Zoe's going to play off the ball. Great. I'm, I'm not sure why you would not bring in a scorer and a shooter at that third guard spot to Rondo. And Rondo always thinks he's going to compete for the starting spot already. So that was a weird signing. Um, Lance Stevenson, I, I mean, a guy like Wayne Ellington makes way more sense than Lance Stevenson. Wayne Ellington, he actually defends within the system. He can hit threes. Like the big like, that makes more sense than Lance Stevenson. You know, so uh, good on Magic Johnson for getting LeBron James in the building for four years. Everything unless they take all these pieces they just signed and they they come up with a, a major trade and they get Kawhi in the building, I don't know what to do. So there you go. Yeah, right. it's it's peculiar. And one thing before we let you go, I, and Nate, I know you talked to our OKC guys, so I don't know if this was discussed, but it seems like they're signing everybody that they had, except for a raise as opposed to the Sixers, who's undercutting everybody that they had, but. OKC is like their salary cap, you know, there's always been talk that they're just going to buy out Carmelo or get rid of him in one way, shape, or form to save a ton of money. But if if that's not the case, what's what's up their sleeve? Well, I'll say this. I'm going to tip my hat to the Thunder front office and the Thunder, Thunder owners. After, you know, they, they passed on James Harden for like $5 million. They didn't want to go into luxury tax. They learned their lesson. Russell Westbrook made a commitment to stay, and I have a feeling they, they, they made a commitment to Russell Westbrook. Hey, man, if you stay here, we are, we're going to stand like we mean it. And they are. That's, I get it. They went out in the first round. I, or, yeah, it wasn't fun. It, wasn't, it looked ugly all season. They underperformed. For them to spend that kind of money to bring back Paul George, um, I think it was $137 million, uh, for four years, for them to spend the money to bring back Jeremy Grant, Ray Felton, 
Like, that matters, right? And I think a full training camp with Paul George and, and I, they got to get rid of Melo. One way or another, Melo has to go because I think yeah. he's the turd in the finish ball. The fact that he refuses to come off the bench, he still wants he <laughs> to be that high usage player. He still wants to be that guy who, you know, I, I deserve my 15 shots a game. That's just not who you are anymore, Melo, and he doesn't realize that. And to, he, he has to go. So they're going to have to stretch his contract, which means that $28 million will be owed to him over three seasons. So $9 million, If they just stretch it, right, $9 million a season for the next three seasons, they would save like $100 million in salary this year in tax. That's how much yeah. he, he – yeah. yeah, it's an it's, it's a, it's a albatross of a contract. So um, either they stretch him or they, they move him to another team and take on longer term, lower per year, guaranteed money to a team that will stretch him, but whatever. They got to get rid of Mo. That's the, I think I think that Paul George and a healthy Westbrook next year and healthy Adams uh, with Roberson coming back and Andrew Robertson Rob, – I'm sorry, Robertson. Andrew Robertson coming back as a defensive linchpin. I think that team is going to be really good. I think last year they underperformed. I think they're all embarrassed, and they, they want to come back and prove that they can play better. Uh, I think that team is going to be really good next year. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they'll do better than the Lakers, I'm, and I'm serious on that. I really do. I absolutely, I absolutely do, too, I, unless the Lakers make another move and, and package yeah. some of these guys and finally bring in Kawhi Leonard. Um, unless, if they don't bring in another a, like you know B-plus guy to go beside LeBron James, you know, maybe 48 wins, maybe maybe fourth, fifth in the in the West, but I I don't think they're screwing anybody right now. No, I agree. And Tr, yeah, I'm sorry, Tr, go ahead. No, I, 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 all I had was the OKC question. Yeah, I mean it's tough. That's a, Three hundred million in salary and 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 tax is a lot of money. I get it, but it's not our money. It is. And that's why when. Yeah, when people complain about it, hey, if the owners want to spend it, more power to them. I'm really, yeah. I'm proud of, uh, I'm proud of Russell Westbrook and Paul George for making that bond. I guess proud is the wrong word, but like, I, I don't know about you guys. I expected Paul George to be gone, but you know, oh, I, I, not, it, there you go. I think we all expected that. A lot of Lakers fans were really smug. Oh, he's gone. He's he'll be in gold, gold and purple next year. So like, that's a big deal to me. And I, you know, that Paul George went against the grain. Uh, he, and he chose to buck the narrative that nobody wants to play with Russell Westbrook. That's a big deal to me. That's good. Right on. Well, James, thank you so much for jumping on with us here. We've taken enough of your time this evening, and we do appreciate you giving us some of your time and, and giving us some great inside looks at things with free agency. And uh, thank you so much. And let our listeners know where they can find you at. Hey, man, thanks for letting me come on and, and run my mouth. I've had a couple of uh, – Tequila and lemonades on Fourth of July, so I might be a little a little verbal. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, good, find, good. Me, <laughs> find me at Snotty Drippin on Twitter. Uh, you can find my work over at uh, for the through the Clutch Point Clutch Points app, uh, B-ball breakdown, and my man Rafael Torres. What's up, Real Ball Insiders? We're gonna start pumping out some quality content here soon. So check us out. Oh, cool. oh all sorry, right. Sorry, sorry. Before Go I ahead. forget, the Dunk Jump Pod. Me and my man Joe Brelly, Dunk Tales Pod, part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I'm going to have you guys on, too, since you guys have me on. We're going to be synergistic. We're going to take over this podcast game all together. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Sounds good. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. That was James Hollis, and we will be right back right after this. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller, and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight by Alcone. 
We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60 plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcon.com backslash makeupkennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. TR, I'm getting some more of your fan, buddy. Really? Your fan's still, yeah, it's still coming through. All right, there we go. Uh, but Lou is still with us. Lou, thanks for hanging in there with us, buddy. Sure thing. Hey, uh, any comments on what the what James had to say? Well, I think that James um, are most uh, we're in agreement on on on, on somewhat. Of course, um, if he would have went to the team that I that I hate most, then it would have been a real uproar. And of course, the team I hate most is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> See, growing up a Nick fan, you know, which I've been for forty years. Yes, I am that old, by the way. Um, you know, you have this you have this rivalry, and you have this sense where you just want to beat the living crap out of them. Most of them beat the living crap out of us. Yeah. yeah, I have that with I have that with growing up in Philly as well. That was uh, mm. Celtics were our main rival and pain in the ass. Well, that was when I was you know really young because we haven't been that much of a force since I was young, other than the 2001 season. But um, I just mm. don't look at this Celtics team like I looked at that one. Um, even though I respected their talent of Bird and McHale and Dennis Johnson right. and Robert Paris, et cetera. Danny Ainge, how could I forget him? Um, Not even. It was like it was like you respect the town, but they were hateable. Like Dr. J threw the punch right. to Larry Bird and all that. And it was just real. It was an intense rivalry where our fans would fight in the stands and shit like that. Oh, yeah. And I just, I, I, I don't look at, you know, Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I want to kill these guys, you know. But. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll you know rekindle itself. And and the Knicks, we coach Fizz um, down low. If Porzingis comes back healthy, and you got Kevin Knox, and you got uh, a sleeper in Mitchell Robinson, you got if they all play to their potential, that's a hell of a front court for the future. And uh, I don't know. They might eventually be a player. We'll have to see. I think. I think the point that um, he's he's that snotty dripping, which I thought was kind of funny, um, that he made about more talent. I, I, maybe that's why I'm not so fired up because I'm pretty high on these rookies, like like the Mo Bombas of the world, and right. not so much Aiton, but a lot of the other rookies uh, seem like they're going to come in and contribute. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems more now well, there's a lot more uh, being intense off the court than there is uh, on the court. You know, there's a lot more trash talking, you know, away from the away from uh, playing than there is uh, on now. You know, with all the um, with all the Twitter messaging and Facebook whatnot, you know, until it's you know become you know more bitter off. Yeah, I mean, social media is a, a big difference too, Nate. Um, you agree with that? 
Yeah, it's a big it's a big difference, and I and I hate it. I I want my players to hate each other. When we're playing, you know, it's just like when I'm playing you, we can be friends, you know, later on. But I'm if I'm getting paid right. this much money to come out there and, and perform and try to take you down and win, I've got to, I've got to drive in me. You're my enemy right now. I don't. You're you can be friends in the off season. This is no time to. I don't want to see players hugging before the games. I don't want to see high fives all around and rah rah sportsmanship. I want somebody to. Come right. I want people to get I ride, to, I to get aggressive. Yeah, right. well, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with like, that. I'm not uh, saying hurt well, people. I'm not saying go out and play extent, dirty and try to hurt to people. That, play. I think you do need to show sportsmanship. You know. Even walking onto the corporate. Once the game starts in play, you throw everything else out the win you throw it out the window. But you do need to show sportsmanship in some class, even as you're walking onto the court, even though before I mean now before the game starts. What you do with the game, you wanna beat the living crap out of them, uh, you know, go ahead. But you know you do gotta show I think you do need to show a bit of class and respect before you start, before the ball tips off. Yeah, okay, I, I can agree with that, but, um, you know, hey, I'm wait, looking... real, real quick. Yeah. Real quick, when when you're talking about the, the hatred amongst um, opposing players, uh, yeah. something shocked me that I don't know if you were planning into getting into later, but um, I had no idea there was a big rift between Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler till yesterday. Uh-huh. Well, here's the thing. Now... I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Uh, maybe it's my bias and I'm not wanting to believe it. But the only report right. I've seen is from the Chicago Sun. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not discrediting them. I'm not calling them fake. However, Bleacher Report picked up the article from them, and it's been one report. I've seen nothing of the sort from the, or- the Wolves organization. Jimmy Butler, there hasn't been like an A.J. Wojnarowski Report there hasn't been, you know, Zach Lowe or any of the basketball insiders. Brian Whitehorse is too busy with LeBron, so of course he's not going to get to the bottom of anything. Um, I'm there's not been any action from anybody that I trust. This is a Chicago Sun Times report. Oh, Butler's fed up. What has he said anything? No, last time I looked, Jimmy Butler was overseas and he's showing off his. Neymar Jr. jersey, the last time I looked, how has he had time to sit around and say, I don't want to play with these guys anymore? It, it's all speculation. It's all hearsay. It's all he said, she said. And, you know, we lose Jamal Crawford this season. He opted out. Philly, by the way, is showing a lot of interest in Jamal Crawford. As is, he show, And I've heard Golden State is interested in him as well. That's what they need, another shooter. Um, and also, I've heard that um, – that, Maybe yeah, you know, and, and honestly, if he is upset, I kind of don't blame him. Like the wolves are kind of light; they're not they're not the typical Tom Thibodeau team. And but I don't think Butler. And I've heard you know Butler wants to play with Kyrie Irving, and, and Butler wants to go here, and they're thinking about going here, and they like this place. This is all speculation for another year. You know, what if Butler and the Wolves come out and they absolutely dominate? There's enough talent on that team. To where they could easily get a three seed in the West. As they, if Butler stays healthy last year, they, I think they get a three or four seed in the West. And who knows what could have been different in the playoffs if he stayed healthy. So it's one of those things. And Wiggins played good in the playoffs. We re-signed Derrick Rose. We signed Anthony Tolliver, who's going to 
somewhat improved shooting, decent little stretch, stretch four. He can play the three. I don't, I don't like losing Crawford, but what? Hey, what do you do? We've renounced RB Alicia claim. We didn't make a claim to Marcus George's Hunt. So, you know, Minnesota's not getting any better, but I don't think they got too much worse in this off season. So it's all a matter of these guys gelling. And I like that Justin Patton will be back ready to play. I like our two rookies we picked up in the draft this year with uh, Bates Diop and Josh Kogi. So who knows? This team could be poised for victory. I heard Tyus Jones is going to play more. I'm I'm optimistic, and I think we shouldn't just take any old news article from the Chicago Sun or any other place that doesn't have some sort of credibility credibility or backing to it, especially when they're predicting the future that's a year away. Fair enough. That's just me, though. I mean, right. and I've been looking at the free agency tracking. Lou, you got anything to say with that? Well, it's kind of hard to predict the future that's a year away. I mean, you know, we don't know, we don't know what to what to expect. Yeah, there, well, I mean, there is. Year, if you, I mean, anybody, this past year, look good on paper, but it's what happens on the court that matters. Yeah, and I agree with that. And this past year, I would have bet my house Paul George is going to be a Laker in two thousand eighteen nineteen. I would have. But last year at this time, I said, okay, Paul George, he's going to finish out his contracts with the Thunder, try to see what he can do. And then as soon as they get bounced, you know, first round, they had no chance. They're going to do it in the first round. Then they'll go to, you know, he'll go to L.A. with, you know, LeBron. Fine. You know, whatever. I would have never thought he would stay in Oklahoma City. So that's just me. I don't think you're alone. So things things can change. It's a long season, playoffs. Wolves made the playoffs first time in 14 seasons. You know, they got that playoff. They got one playoff win under their belt. Unfortunately, they ran into the the team that was a Chris Paul injury away from going to the finals. Don't care what TR says. Uh, but they uh, – <laughs> but they um, – they they could change. Things could change. And who knows? Maybe Butler does one out. If he wants out at the trade deadline, we need to move him. We need to get what we can. That's what mm-hmm. I'm sticking with. All right. And that's the well, story you're sticking go. with. That is. All right. Well, guys, we need to get to – we had a pre-recorded conversation. So, Lou, I don't know if you want to bow out here, but we got about a 23-minute pre-recorded conversation here. With our Spurs Thanks. colleague, Jeff Garcia. You're welcome to stay on the line if you would like, Lou. I'm just giving you a heads up. Um, oh, thanks. I've got to take care of some other business anyway. But uh, thanks, and uh, if all goes according to your schedule, I'll be back next week. Thanks, man. Awesome, Lou. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, we, I got to sit down, TR, with our buddy Jeff Garcia, not the football player quarterback, but our man from San Antonio. He covers the Spurs. I had that conversation with him. Let's go now to my conversation with Jeff Garcia. All right, we're joined now by Mr. Jeff Garcia, lead Spurs writer for News 4 San Antonio and covers on the Locked On Spurs podcast and just basically anything you can think San Antonio Spurs Jeff is involved in. Jeff, thanks for joining us. What's going on? 
nothing much. Thank you for having me on once again. And I apologize if I sound a little funny. I've been battling a summer cold. You know those things can be, but um, hopefully this will get my mind off this uh, illness and uh, talk some NBA. Let me guess. You want to talk a little bit of Kawhi Leonard, I bet? Well, I mean, not to, not to be <laughs> that guy, but, you know, the Kawhi Leonard Spurs summer 2018 saga has been mm-hmm. one now that – we look at and we wonder what's going on. So you as a Spurs kind of insider down there, what can what kind of light can you shed on this, this drama in San Antonio? Yeah, well, let me start off with the uh, post of the fan here. The the post of the fan is they're ready to move on. Um, they've had enough of this already. It's, the writing's on the wall. You, you know, a contract's been sent to him. He just needs to sign it and he's gone. I, I think that's the sentiment with Spurs fans in the Alamo City. Uh, they really have uh, turned him into uh, the villain now. You know, I think uh, Zsa Zsa Pachulia should be happy about right now. He's not public enemy number one, no longer in San Antonio. Uh, Kawhi Leonard really has turned heel, to steal a phrase from WWE. And Thank you for that. Fans have had enough of him. <laughs> not a problem. I know I know you love the WWE, but, um, uh, yeah, right. he's, he's turned heel. And uh, Spurs fans are just, they want him gone. Uh, right now, though, it just seems uh, among Spurs fans is, the sooner the better. You know, the longer this drags it out, the more tiresome this is getting. And I gotta be honest with you, I've reached a point too where I'm like, let's just get him out. Let's, if, he, if he wants gone, let's get him gone. But the problem is, where is he going? And uh, now I'll put my media hat on now and take off the post of the fan hat on. Uh, from my point of view, I think these Spurs just need to stop with this whole. Um, you, you, we're not going to ship him west. Uh, we're not going to send him to uh, uh, the LAL, the Lakers, uh, with LeBron James there now. And we're not going to ship him to the Clippers because that's the interconference. I think at this point, they just got to get the best that they can get. Every day that this situation drags on, his value decreases. I've got a lot of pushback from this. A lot of um, uh, fellow media guys uh, and people just say that I'm wrong, but, but I don't think so. I think Kawhi Leonard and his uh, camp, they have the edge right now. When he allegedly and reportedly said, I just want to go to L.A., the Clippers or the, or the Lakers, and with the Lakers being the desired location, that put the Spurs in a bind. They really, really did. And, yeah, you can say, well, they have the uh, Trump card, which is the $219 million uh, extension they can offer him. But think about this, though. If he's willing to forego that type of money, money just because he wants to go home, I mean, by goodness, I mean, that's a lot of change to leave on the table. So that leads me to believe that this is something deep-rooted. This is something very, you know, within the the makeup of this relationship or maybe what is left of it is that he must have harbored some really huge animosity towards the organization, whether it be his issue with the quad, you know, and how fast he came back, or whether it simply just be that he's just not happy playing in San Antonio, playing it simple. Uh, it could be that, look, I've been following the Spurs, covering them since about 2004. That's when I officially became part of this media frenzy. And i got to tell you, the Spurs are a different, uh, just the way they are, they're a different animal. They, they really are. And I dealt with the Sixers. I dealt with the Celtics. I dealt with the Knicks. Uh, the Nets, you name it, I've, I've had good, great interactions with them. The Spurs really run a tight ship, and I mean they run a tight ship. Um, you, know, you know, I started off as a blogger. And, uh, I mean, technically I still am, but now I made my way up to uh, being on a, uh, at least a local uh, media member in San Antonio. And they still look at me as I'm just a blogger, and they'll still kind of look down on me like that. So they run a yeah. tight ship there. And what I mean now, how it translates to Kawhi Leonard, 
sometimes, you know, playing for the Spurs, you know, can be very militaristic. You know, what's the fun of that? You look at the, the Warriors, they're having fun running up and down. Look at the Lakers and what they're going to be doing. They're going to be having fun. Look at Philly, they're smiles, Boston. Spurs, uh, they're on a tight ship. And, uh, look, it, it's seven years in San Antonio, Kawhi Leonard brought home, well, help brought home. A lot of people think he was the only cause for this. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard was a major component, I'll put it that way, in the Spurs 2014 title. Uh, he helped uh, bring banner number five to the Animal City. Now it's just a matter of moving on. I'm ready to move on. I'll be honest with you, I really, really am. I want this to be over with already. The uh, Spurs, Leonard, and whichever team comes to the table, we just got to hash something out. And I've said it before, and you are well aware of this. We know that the Spurs are not going to get equal value. We know that. It's no, just, that, there's that's no just way. the way it is. There's just no way. Okay, add the fact, too, that he's saying, I just want to go to L.A. And, by the way, of the two L.A. teams, give me to the Lakers. That didn't help the situation. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I got one more year under my, uh, my belt with the, with the deal as far as uh, San Antonio is concerned. But I let you know now, you know, that I want out and do something. If not, come the end of next season and the offseason, I'm walking to L.A. or maybe to a different team. I think the Spurs are going to drag this out simply just to try to mend fences as best they can. This this is just unusual. You know, I was talking with another uh, fellow media member earlier today, and, and I, we were trying to rack our brains. When was the last time the Spurs had this type of drama in the national spotlight? I have to go back to the Dennis Rodman a, uh, days, um, maybe the uh, Derek Anderson days. I don't know if you remember him, but there was there was kind of a little dust up between him and the yeah. Spurs when he played for San Antonio. But I mean, that's it. I mean, I really cannot think of any, a situation where the Spurs have been in the spotlight for the wrong reason. Now, look, it's not unheard of. At least this, this day and age of uh, the NBA, megastars want to be traded. We saw that with KD. Oh, not traded, but I mean, uh, Jet, they're, uh, they're, they're the team that brought them up. Okay, I mean, Durant left in free agency. Um, you know, LeBron James left in free agency the first time around. We've seen big names get traded. You've seen... Abdul Jabbar get traded from the Bucks to the Lakers. We've seen, uh, you know, countless Dwight Howard sent from the Magic to the Lakers. So the, the Spurs are just getting their dose of it. They've had 20 years of success, 20 years of calm waters, and this is the first time they're having to be in a situation where they're just like any other NBA team. Yeah, the Spurs are a model organization for anybody that has to deal with small market uh, franchise because they have been a team that you look at and it's been, they had David Robinson and David Robinson right. is, you know, he was Mr. San Antonio. And then they get Tim Duncan with, with that too. And Tim Duncan loyal as can be, takes a pay cut, changes his role just to stay in San Antonio, manage nobly Tony Parker. There's been rumors that they would leave. They always stay. Kawhi Leonard's going to become the first guy to ever say, you know what, this isn't for me, I want to go. Even LaMarcus Aldridge, he talked to Pop and they worked it out. Kawhi has no interest in that, so it seems. Um, And I'll give him credit, he did let the Spurs know a year ahead of time, hey, I want out. Now, granted, they're not going to get value for him, like you said. Um, I think they got to pull the trigger sooner rather than later because if you save him for the all-star break, you're not going to get anything hardly. So what is it that you've heard that that teams in the hunt for Kawhi are offering for him? What I've heard is um, the Spurs, and you've heard this too, so there's no no big surprise here. The Spurs want him east. 
They want him to go east. I've, uh, I talked to a, a Boston media guy, and he's all against the Leonard trade. He says, why fix what's not broken in Boston? And I get that. Um, but with now with LeBron James gone, is there really a sense of urgency for Boston or maybe even Philly to even get him You know, on, in their camp? Yeah, I mean, adding Kawhi Leonard is a big deal, but in Philly you have the three core. Who knows what's going to happen with Fultz, but you got Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. And as of right now, they still have Sarich, they still have Covington, and they got Brett Brown, who uh, you know has been doing right. wonders for them. And, a former and coach. news just news just news just broke a little bit ago that they re-signed JJ Redick to a a year deal again for twelve to thirteen million. Well, there you go. So Redick is off the table now. As far as, I'm sorry, it's added onto their table now. So you know, the Boston look what they did without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. You know that that that. Those absences allowed the young uh, guns for Boston to flourish, and they did well. So <clears throat> shipping them east is ideal for everybody, and especially a team like Boston because they have the pieces needed. The other side, though, West, though, is, oh, my goodness, it's a powerhouse conference. It, it, it really is. Now LeBron James is in the Western Conference. Okay, great. You know, yes, are, are the Lakers as constructed right now capable of toppling the Warriors? No. But who knows if they try to swing a deal for Kawhi Leonard, if they try to swing a deal for uh, another star to pair with LeBron. I think the arms race is more on the West right now. And if teams like Houston or, or L.A., the Lakers or uh, the Warriors, you know, want to stay atop, you know, they're going to, at least the L.A.-based teams, they're going to try their best to get Kawhi. So I think right now they're just at a stalemate right now. The reports are out that – the the offerings for Kawhi from the Lakers or any other team is very poor. That's telling because they know they don't. If he's going east, he's a he's more than likely a one year rental. If he's staying west, well, great, but they got the Spurs over cold right now because it doesn't matter because he has a one year contract, uh, one year left on his deal. And he can walk and go to any team he wants. It doesn't have to be LAL. So the Spurs are in a bind right now, in my opinion get the best that any team can give you. Yes, just get the best. Because the worst thing that can happen is start of the new season, he's still on the roster, and if he even attempts to show up in the AT&T Center, fans are going to boo him. There's going to be that cloud hovering above the team uh, from the preseason to the start of the season. Questions will be centered around Kawhi Leonard, not necessarily the X's and O's, post-game, pre-game. So, this is a situation they got to do it quicker if they're going to trade him. Now, Popovich, can he work his magic one more time and convince him to stay? Hopefully, crossing fingers. But even if that happens, there's a lot of bridges to be mended, uh, fences to be mended, I'm sorry. So this is a very sticky, sticky situation. My, my thing is just the sooner the better. Every day the valley goes lower. Every day Kawhi Leonard starts grumbling more. You're going to hear more. I mean, it's not going to be a surprise. We could probably – finish this show right now, this interview, and hang up and see reports that another team is involved. I mean, do the Spurs really want to be dealing with this? They probably don't. And I'm pretty sure Leonard is tired of this. The Spurs are tired of this. So get the best deal. Let's move on. And if it means a light rebuild, so be it. Just just get this over with already because what's the worst can happen? He's not on the bench. Cloud. 
He, what if he just pulls the old, oh, my quad injury is back again. i got to sit out again for the entire season. I mean, come on, that's not a good look for him. So everybody wins in the long run and the short term if they get a deal done sooner than later. Yeah, there's been rumors saying that he may sit out the whole next season if the Spurs don't move him. I mean, granted, I haven't heard anything official on that, but that is a rumor that's been going around. Um, how much influence do you know about his uncle having over him? Apparently there's a big uh, a big cloud over him based around his uncle. Have you heard anything about that? No, his uncle's kind of um, been off to the side now in this whole mess now. He has an agent in name. There is an agent in name, mm-hmm. but let's be honest, his, his uncle is really one who pulls the strings. And he, this is a situation. I mean, you look at former Spur Bruce Bowen, who called him out recently. You know, just said you're full of excuses. You had <clears throat> David Robinson pick a pot. David Robinson pick a pot shot at him. You had, uh, you know, the infamous Tony Parker comment. You, you know, Ginobili. You know, I was surprised. Not many people hopped on Manu. I thought his comments were a little bit more stingy than uh, uh, Tony Parker's were. You're just seeing like a, a turn for him. And I think this is a situation like Jerry. I'm still going back to his uncle now where if he's seeing all this, you know, teammate, current teammates, you know, how long that's going to be, are turning their back on him. Former players of the organization that he played for are calling you out, you, you know, can he just talk to his uncle and just say, hey, you know, can we chill out on this? My reputation is taking a hit. I don't want to be that type of player that you're going to be dangling the strings and controlling me or saying what I say or doing what I – forcing what I do, whether it be the Lakers, the Boston, mm-hmm. the 76ers, the Clippers. So I've never met the man. I've seen him in photos. I I know he was with him last summer when Kawhi was doing his uh, his China tour. Uh, for uh, uh, Air Jordan Jumpman. Um, but that's it. He's been really quiet, at least in the media. He hasn't really come out. And that's the thing, too. If you want to leave Kawhi, fine. Leave. Go. Go. If L.A. going home makes you happier, fine. Just say something. Just All you have to do is just say, you know what, all this back and forth and he said she should, should end. Let's just, I want out. No hard feelings. I'm not happy here. You know, I'm letting you know now, like you said, let's get a deal done and call it a day. I think that's the point that the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard are in right now. Let's get something done. I want it to be done. I'm getting tired of it. I really am. I mean, I think this is a – the Spurs just got to do something, and Kawhi has just got to accept it. If it means going to Philly, fine, deal with your extension there later. But on the other hand, Spurs are probably not going to get a good haul like they reportedly want. And I don't blame them. You're giving up a two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, bar none, the best two-way player in the league, a guy who can light it up. There was one point last year where he scored 30 points in multiple games in a row, over five or six or seven. I think it was something like that. This guy's a stud. He's still young. People forget how young he is. He's 27 years old. So he's just entering his prime. I don't blame the Spurs for, for asking for a haul, but I also don't blame teams outside of L.A. for shorting them because of the fact that he could be a one-year rental. It's just a mess. This should just end already. Yeah. Well, other than Kawhi, I know you're tired of talking about Kawhi. Um, <laughs> what are some other moves <laughs> the Spurs can, can make this offseason? Uh, are there any guys, or they have any like cap space, any potential guys they're looking at, moves they want to make? 
Um, anything other than the Kawhi Leonard drama that, that we should know about when it comes to San Antonio? Yeah, they recently uh, agreed to, uh, to sign uh, Rudy Gay, so he'll be back in the fold. They gave him a one-year deal at 10 mil, which is fine. That's perfect. And now they also brought back uh, former Spur and I guess now current Spur in a few days, Marco Bellinelli. And a lot of fans are kind of split on that, and but I'm okay with it. Uh, the only thing that worries me, though, is, if, is this a sign that maybe Manu may be done already? Because they got a log jam at that shooting guard spot. They got Bellinelli, Danny Green. They got the rookie they drafted, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. And then they have Ginobili as of right now. So is that a sign of maybe he's coming, you know, maybe he's not coming back? Who knows? Um, but um, I'll go back to Rudy Gay in a bit, but just a little bit more about Bellinelli. I like the move in the sense that he's a veteran. Uh, he scored in double figures 23 of his 26 games that he played in Philadelphia. Remember, he signed with them midway last year. Yeah. And he led he led them with 11 straight points and some ridiculous comeback. Less than, uh, they were down by 25 points. I forget the team was. He averaged about 13 points per game last year. The Spurs' issue last year was not defense. They actually were one of the better teams on the defensive end. I know even without Kawhi Leonard, it was their offense. Their offense went ghost too many times. It vanished way too many times. Bellinelli will help that. Uh, he's familiar with the system. He's a great locker room guy. He's won a title with the Spurs in 2014. He's been very vocal that he misses San Antonio since he was dealt in, in what, 2015. That was the last time he played with San Antonio. Uh, yeah. So he's always – I mean, he has a tattoo of the Spurs and the championship trophy on him. That should tell you a lot. So I'm, I know he's glad to be back. You might know he's glad he's back. As far as Rudy Gay is concerned, um, good move. I like it also in the sense of that it is a one-year deal. So he can be – you know, the Spurs can free up that 10 mil uh, once the season's over, next season's over, and be part of that mega free agency. You know, guys like you know, Clay Thompson and Cap and, and, and Jimmy Butler. Hopefully the Spurs can use that money uh, to be a part of that. And Rudy Gay, you know, despite the fact that maybe he had a – he was very quiet, but he got very good quiet numbers. Off the bench, double-digit uh, points. But I like this more. If the fact that Kawhi is out of San Antonio, at least they short up the small forward position by bringing back Rudy Gay. He got himself a nice little bump. He, you know, he opted out. Well, he did not accept his player option, which was $8 million, and the new offer was $10 million. So he got himself a nice little pay raise. And I think he's happy in San Antonio. He's a very low-key guy. Everything's going to be good. I mentioned Lonnie Walker. That was the pickup the Spurs selected in the 2018 NBA drive. I got to speak with him afterwards, and I like the kid. One of his uh, bigger quotes that I remember what he told me was, and I'm paraphrasing here, is that that he likens himself to an angry dog, and he said that I'm an angry dog, and he said, if you see an angry dog, what are you going to do? You're going to run away. And he ended that uh, comment with me by saying, I want to put the fear in people. So, uh, I mean, this guy is coming with intensity. Uh, He's athletic. Uh, He can play uh, a combo guard. I think he's going to fit in well with the Spurs. I just crossed my fingers that Popovich doesn't put him on the uh, short rookie leash that he's notorious for and lets him, and lets him slack out a little bit and let him flourish. And uh, so I think everything's going to be great for the Spurs, even with Alcohol Leonard. I know. I think the Spurs are going to be just fine. They showed that they can have, they can live life and do pretty good with Alcohol Leonard last year. Now imagine that, plus the new injection of life with Lonnie Walker, Marco Bellinelli, bringing back Rudy Gay. Uh, the team is healthier. You know, Rudy Gay's not banged up anymore. Tony Parker, who knows if he's going to be back. You know, if he does get back, you know, that's another veteran presence. 
Dallas Bertans. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He is a restricted free agent. But there are rumblings that the Nets, uh, the Jazz are looking at him. So this first team, I think they're going to be okay, but you're about to see them start doing a rebuild light. Okay. Well, my last question for you, and again, thank you so much for, for your time, and I hope you feel better. Um, thank you let so me, much. Let me put you on the hot seat here. Does if the, Let's just say hypothetically the Spurs trade Kawhi Leonard to whoever, mm-hmm. whether it be the Sixers, the Lakers, whoever, right. with LeBron relocating to the West, do you think this current Spurs roster, with all the moves they've made, and they will move Kawhi Leonard, do – they make the playoffs this next season. No, I, I think um, they'll be fighting for an eighth seed. Uh, I, I, obviously, we know who the big three are. They're, it's going to be the Warriors, Rockets, and uh, Thunder. And, you know, after that, you're going to you got to slot in the Jazz, who I think people are sleeping on right now. Uh, the Jazz are going to get better. You can you got the um, the Blazers. The Blazers always seem to be right there, neck and neck. Um, you know, always competing for a spot. Minnesota is not going anywhere. So then that leaves the Lakers, that leaves the Spurs, maybe the Nuggets. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, the Spurs will be fighting for that eighth seed. Uh, it really depends on um, what the Spurs net in return. You know, I think that's what, you know, it's hard for me to make that because if the, if the Spurs just pretend they make a deal for yeah. uh, the Lakers and they bring back Ingram and, and Hart and, and, and who knows if they're willing to uh, uh, you know, give in and give up Kuzma. Okay, well, that changes everything. But as of right now, as presently constructed, you know, depending on who they get, I think they're really going to tell if the Spurs make the uh, playoffs. But as of right now, and if Kawhi Leonard is still on that bench come opening night, um, unless something changes, I don't see them making the playoffs. You know, you know even if they go with Philly, you know, if they do get a, a, a Fultz or a Dario Saric or, or a Covington, you know, I think they'll be okay. They'll be competitive. I can see them fighting for the seventh or eighth slot. And um, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be really hard for them to make the playoffs if they don't trade Kawhi Leonard. If they do, well, then get back to me. All right. Well, folks, that was Jeff Garcia, our Spurs insider and coverage man down in San Antonio. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us again. And we hope we can have you back sooner rather than later. And hopefully, you start feeling better and. We're getting excited for the NBA, man. Summer League starts, I believe, today as we're recording this. Yeah, Summer League starts tonight in Utah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, as am I. All right, Jeff, thanks for jumping on with me, and you have a good one, man. All right, talk to you later, buddy, and thanks again. You too. No problem. Bye-bye. For my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one campsite on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You Or you could be into Two chicks at the same time, man Whatever it is that you're looking up for WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction And one reaction only You 
won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. All right, we're back here on the show. TR, you still with me, brother? Yeah, I'm surprised you couldn't hear the friggin', uh, like I said, the white the trash, uh, no, <laughs> firework. Uh, they seem like they're on the bottom of my street just every three seconds, just boom, 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 for no apparent reason. Hey, man, we'll, we'll overlook it. It's America's birthday. Happy birthday, America. Yes. Happy birthday, America. Can you believe it? 2018, 1776, 242 years young is America. Woo. We did it. Hey, I, <laughs> hey, I like Jeff. I left. I like Jeff Garcia, for the record. I, uh, uh, it sucks that I missed that one. I, I, I remember interviewing him before, and we talked a little wrestling on top of it, but, uh, Good insight on on the relationship with not only Kawhi and the Spurs, but Kawhi on the city. It's kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the writing's on the wall. Like uh, in the event they can't get rid of him for some reason, he's like public enemy number one, and he's got a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, he turned himself into a uh, you know overachieving hero type, a, a guy who worked his way up the ladder. To being a premier NBA player into this total dick. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's almost one of those things where he stayed long enough to see himself become the villain, if that yeah. makes any sense. Um, but I'll give him this. He did one thing LeBron James doesn't do. He told his team, hey, I'm leaving next season. You may want to trade me. These punks walking in free agency, leaving a team hanging high and dry kills me. Anyway, enough about LeBron James. I hate talking about LeBron James 24-7, so enough about him. Um, we, can take a, we will have another interview here coming up within the next few minutes with John Hamm. We'll be talking OKC Thunder. However, TR, we need to talk a little Summer League. Uh, we've got just a few teams playing Summer League right now. Uh, out in Utah, Summer League is going on. Um, uh, looks like Right now, I'm looking at the statistics. Right now, your leading point scorer, averaging 21 and a half a game, is Derek White, San Antonio Spurs. Um, a lot of names that a lot of people may or may not recognize. Kobe Simmons, Wayne Selden. Uh, but here's one that's really, I, I won't say is very surprising, but Jaron Jackson, 19.5 points per game out in summer league. He has been on fire for Memphis. Yeah, he's he's a great player. Um, I told you I saw there's I guess it's on Facebook. There's a little Kevin Garnett um, one on ones with his guys he chose that he believes are the next batch of superstars, and Jackson was one of them. And uh, recently yeah. he was with Bamba as well, um, and that was a nice little special. Um, but Jackson. Uh, I was kind of like Michigan State guy. They're always kind of good, and, but not. They're always blow good, me but away. I always feel like they underachieve. I always feel like they underachieve in the league. I don't think Miles Bridges is going to be much. That's just me. 
Yeah, and I mean, I you know, I always uh, tout Gary Harris as being solid, and he went, you know, 15 or something like that in his draft, maybe even further down. But uh, but he's not a first-team All-NBA guy by any means. He's just kind of a solid NBA player. And, uh, you know, I kind of, a month before we started looking into draft guys, I thought Jackson might be just another one of those guys that's maybe a starter, a nice contributor, a Michigan State-type guy, you know, other than Magic Johnson and probably a few exceptions that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. But um, he looks like uh, he looks like he's going to make an impact. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen full summer league games. I didn't realize I didn't have NBA TV on my uh, direct TV package, but they did show a game or two on ESPN that I caught. And... Uh, you know, I catch the replay highlights and stuff, and I saw Bagley just go crazy with a yeah. big left-hand jam. And surprisingly, a much I don't know if it's much to your chagrin, but uh, and it could be just the level of competition he's playing. But Grayson Allen had a, like a poor shooting game, but he put up a lot of points and assists and rebounds and so forth. And I don't know. You tell me. You've been you've been watching them closer than I have. All those guys. Well, I've been trying to. It's uh, it's hard to keep up with. Uh, but I, I have noticed that um, I've been keeping an eye on Javon Carter. Clearly, um, he's averaging six points a game. Uh, not shooting the ball very well. Only thirty three percent on field goal percentage. Getting two rebounds a game. Um, he, or excuse me, four rebounds per game. Three and a half assists a game. Averaging almost two steals a game. So he's playing pretty well, I think, uh, all things considered right now. He's not going to be a guy that's going to score a lot. He's a defensive guy. He did hold Trey Young to four of 20 from shooting for the Hawks uh, when they played that first game. Go, go figure. Uh, I yeah. mean, that, he, did that, he did that in college pretty much too, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he shut Trey Young down every time they played. Uh, tr- speaking of Trey Young for the Hawks, he's averaging 14 points a game. 9 of 36 shooting the ball, 25%. Uh, three rebounds per game, three assists per game, one steal per game. So, not exactly killing it, but not awful either scoring-wise. He's, he's scoring well. He's just not shooting well. Amari Spellman, uh, he's not doing bad. 10.5 per game, um, six re- six and a half rebounds to go with that, and an assist and a half. Uh, of course, the story for Atlanta has been their guy, their second-year guy, John Collins, 14 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field, six and a half rebounds per game, and doing it all in just 22 minutes of play. So he's playing pretty well, um, all things considered. Now, the shocker for me, because honestly, TR, I'll admit it, didn't think this guy was going to be much coming into uh, coming into the league this year. And, I, and you hit the nail right on the head with him where he went in the draft. That's one Grayson Allen. He's played one game. In that game, he had 11 points, he had eight rebounds, and he had seven assists. Uh, he didn't shoot all that well, 4-16 from the field, but still, 11-8-7 in 17 minutes worth of play, not bad. Yeah, I mean, you take away the guy's uh, stupid-looking head. He looks like a 14-year-old going <laughs> to the freshman dance. And you take away all that tripping nonsense. And you just look at the, uh, you know, physic, physical body. His physical body is uh, 
you know, not bad for the NBA at this stage. He stayed all four years in Duke probably to build that up some. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be Donovan Mitchell out there, but I think he fits somewhere out there. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think he'll, you know, he'll fit in on the roster uh, better than I expected him to. So I'll go ahead and admit that because uh, I didn't think he would do much. And I'll be the first to tell you I didn't think he would do much. I was like, eh, he, eh he's whatever to me. Um, but he's not been looking bad. So I'll give credit where credit is due. Yeah, it's very uh, early. Yeah, it is early. Um, now, out in Sacramento, your leaders, De'Aaron Fox, uh, he's scoring 23 points per game. Frank Mason, 16 points. Uh, from the rookie standpoint, uh, not much. The only guy that's really stood out thus far here from the rookie end of things has been one, Mo Wagner. Uh, Mo Wagner had... He is averaging 15 points per game, shooting 9 of 27, so not the greatest percentage, five rebounds, uh, and one and a half steals. But, man, I don't know if anybody's going to get a copy of the poster that Marvin Bagley put him on. Did you see that dunk? <laughs> you didn't happen to see that Sure highlight? did. Oh, yes, my I did. goodness. <laughs> I felt bad for the yeah. kid. I legitimately felt bad for him. I was like, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, I mean, some of the clips I've seen, including that, it seems like the level of intensity in summer league has has picked up to a point where it's never been before. Um, Well, these guys have a lot to prove, especially the high draft picks. And and here's a guy who might have a shot at making a roster. The the Sacramento Kings have got a guy, guy, Harry Giles. Remember him? He played in Duke. Uh, I believe this is his second year here um, coming into Summer League. He is only playing uh, – let me see here. He is playing 32 minutes per game. So, they're really getting a look at him. Uh, him, Justin Jackson, Frank Mason, and Bagley are getting the bulk of the minutes. He's averaging eight and a half points a game. He's shooting eight of 19, and he's averaging three rebounds per game and two and a half steals and a block per game. He's and he's been the guy who's leading the charge for this Kings squad here in the um, the summer league. So he's not looked bad at all. And of course, Bam Adebayo he him. has looked great as well. I had uh, Giles yeah. in the top twenty the year prior. I may have even had him in the top ten um, mm-hmm. because he's he's almost like a uh, a Livingston in a way where he, he was like a top in high school. He was like at the, at the tippy top of, of everybody. Yeah. And, he was. Uh, and then, and then things changed and, you know, uh, things happened and now he's got, seems to have his health and seems to have his mental state in the, in a good place. And, uh, you know, you might get, you might get All a nice timing, story man. out of it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's all about timing. Um, Lonnie Walker so. for the Spurs, he's only played one game. Uh, he's averaging seven points, only three of 16 shooting the ball. Um, and I believe he's averaging three rebounds per game on top of that. So Lonnie Walker getting off to a slow start in summer league. But like they say, really, we can't put a whole lot of 
emphasis on what goes on in Summer League. And I hate to be a broken record on that, but Summer League is important. It's very important to watch. It's your first chance to get a good look at rookies. It's a good chance to get a look at coaches because these are coaches auditioning as well. So it's a good place to kind of glance and see what what your talent may or may not look like. If your talent's not looking super hot, don't, don't lose your mind, you know. These are kids. They're getting used to playing NBA basketball. So it takes time. But uh, so far, I think it's been a pretty interesting summer league from what I've got to sit down and watch. Um, But I really do like what Jaron Jackson's doing. It's hard to deny a guy who can shoot the ball so well. He's hitting them from out at the logos and just draining them. Yeah, a lot of of uh, young – Young big guys are uh, are doing what the little guys used to do, and they, they keep adding more and more of them. It's gonna it's gonna be a strange change. You still there? Yes, sir. Okay, sorry. You kind of like I thought I lost you for a second. Well, TR, let's see. We got about twenty three minutes left. So let's go ahead and we'll kick it over to my conversation I have with John Hamm. And TR has been ultra busy doing other things this week. Big things coming his way outside of the show. But uh, I did have a chance to sit down with John Hamm for about 17 minutes. So we'll go ahead and take you to that conversation right now. You got that, TR? What's that, buddy? We're going to go back and listen to my interview with John Hamm. Is that cool? Oh yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to hearing it. All right, so we'll be I'll be back on the other side and we'll wrap the show up. Maybe get a couple little things in here at the end. So we'll see you on the other side of this interview. Okay. We are joined now by John Hamm. He is a writer for the Daily Thunder and Bleacher Report, NBA insider for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and a member of the OKC Dream Team podcast. John, thank you so much for giving us some time today. Glad to be here, guys. Well, let's go ahead and start uh, talking about your Thunder. They made some waves here in the offseason. Um they have re-signed Paul George to a huge contract um, that, honestly, most people probably didn't see coming. What uh, what do you think the Thunder did in their pitch to keep George in Oklahoma City after everyone and their brother assumed he would end up in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, and you know the truth is that recruitment started from the day they acquired him, um, and it started you know right there and then. They leveraged everything they possibly could. Um, you know, one thing about Oklahoma City Thunder fans is there's always a big airport turnout, usually from, you know, uh, during the playoffs is usually the big time uh, whenever that happens. Uh, but it's kind of become a thing around here. That's one thing that they leveraged uh, to get people to come out to the airport, greet Paul George, um, and kind of go from there. So it, it's not so much that the negotiations kind of ramped up in the past couple of weeks. They've been doing it for the past year, and that was – that was one of the one of the key motivations towards getting him doing that trade is if they hadn't traded for him, they don't get a meeting with him in free agency this summer. But by trading for him and taking a risk, 
Um, they had a long time to sort of build that relationship with him, and when it came down to it, he felt like this is where he wanted to remain for a few more years. Yeah, and the contract um, put OKC up quite into the uh, the luxury tax, if I'm not mistaken. How much is it they're going to be paying towards the tax now? You know, it's it's pretty fluid at the moment. Uh, like any time the Thunder you know do anything, you see analysts pop up and talk about their enormous tax bill. Um, and that is something that you know is not going to be said until the last game of the regular season. So we got several months here to work through this. However, you know I've been told for a while like this under knew a big tax bill was coming. This is not a surprise. You know when they traded for Carmelo Anthony, it wasn't them crossing fingers hoping he would opt out after one year. They've been ready for this, and this has been part of the plan. You know dating back several years uh, to kind of rein in spending, collect in a bunch of money, and and then spend whenever Durant and Westbrook hit their primes. Well, Durant didn't work out, but Paul George is in his place. So, you know, as it stands right now, they could be facing a luxury tax bill of around $150 million, but there are ways to, you know, trim around the edges there, bring that back down. Uh, but in the end, if they wind up with an enormous payroll, I don't think it's anything that, that they are completely against. That's understandable. And Melo did um, he opted in this year for his uh, his deal, and I think I, I pretty almost everyone pretty much assumed that was going to be the case. Um, but there have been rumors circulating that maybe the Thunder are looking to trade Carmelo Anthony, maybe try to find a new destination for him for, for that contract. Are you hearing any of those rumblings from inside the Thunder organization? Yeah, not necessarily from inside the Thunder organization, but, I mean, just that seems to be the general thought process is, you know, the Thunder and Melo might have come together, and the players too, and just said, you know what, this didn't quite work out like we'd hoped. Um, Now, Melo still has his no-trade clause, so he's got a lot of control over the situation. Uh, However, you know, if if he wants to become a free agent and go somewhere, he needs to cooperate with Oklahoma City. So if they can come up with a trade, where another team is looking to dump some salary um, or he's needed as, you know, something to balance out the trade cash-wise. Assuming he gets bought out on the other end, he may just have to, uh, you know, go along with it. So I I don't think they're stuck with him, and I don't think that they're willing to buy him out. If this goes in a training camp, you know, I think think they wouldn't be opposed to trying to mend fences and roll into the season with it because what kind of gets forgotten is that the Thunder – we're pretty good for the most part with Mello in the lineup last season until the all-star break. So, um, you know, I think there is kind of the idea that if all else fails, they'd rather do that rather than just pay him to go away. Yeah, I understand that. And I believe that um, Mello, Mello is a, is a good piece offensively. Um, there's been some questions about his, his defense over, over the years, but, you can't deny a guy that's that good offensively. Um, is there going to be any other off-season acquisitions the Thunder may look to bring in because they signed Jeremy Grant to a better deal, and I think he's a he's a star in the making down there. He'll, he'll fit in very well. And I think that uh, adding Noel helps big time. So is there anything else that the Thunder are looking to do to improve their roster in the off-season, especially with – the blockbuster news that we've heard this week with all the the free agency transactions, you know, the big one was LeBron going to LA and then then yesterday as we record this Boogie Cousins 
takes uh, a bag of marbles to go to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, is there yeah. anything else the Thunder can do in this offseason to improve their, their team? Yeah, I mean, in terms of what they can do in free agency, they still have uh, their taxpayer mid-level exception worth about $5.3 million. Uh, Indications are that I, I think there are a few guys they would be interested in. Uh, supposedly they have met with Tyreek Evans, uh, you know, swingman from Memphis that would probably, if he signed with Oklahoma City, would assume the sixth-man role for this team. Um, I, I think that one is, is one they're looking at and, and trying to pull together if they can. There may be, if another prime free agent falls through the cracks, doesn't get the money he's expecting, you know, and, and I'm looking at guys, and, and these may be long shots, keep in mind, but the market may drive their price down, guys like Brooke Lopez or Jabari Parker. Those are guys that I've talked about that if they're willing to take one-year deals to reestablish their market value, maybe the Thunder are interested in that. So uh, that's a possibility, but, you know, mostly through trade. And, you know, I mentioned Mello being a, being a piece to do that. I think they're going to look down that route instead before they, you know, pile on more payroll because, I mean, where they're at, you know, adding $5 million in salary, I mean, I think it would be taxed around $6 for every dollar they spend. Um so that's kind of the bracket they're in. And you know, I think they're going to look at other methods uh, before they go to the free agent market. Yeah, and that's understandable. Um, speaking of Jeremy Grant, I think um, last season Grant really um, – he proved his worth to the Thunder. Um, Stats-wise, Grant was um, – he wouldn't fill up your stat book, with, especially with you know three ball-dominant players like Westbrook, George, and, and Anthony, but – I think signing him back, at least in my opinion, was a, a good move for the Thunder to keep him because, again, I think he's going to be um, a guy for the future there in Oklahoma City. As uh, last season, he ended up with averaging eight points per game, eight almost eight and a half points per game, four rebounds. He shot 53% from the field, which was that's a that's a pretty good percentage to shoot. He just needs more playing time. What do you think Jeremy Grant's role with the Thunder will be heading forward? You know, Grant is an example of the Thunder's player development. And, I mean, it's not perfect. No player development system is. But the Thunder have had more successes, I think, than misses. And Grant's a guy they brought in. I don't think they really knew what to do with him at first. First they thought, okay, he's a small forward. He can back up Andre Robertson at that spot. And if he can play some shooting guard, well, that wasn't the right fit for him. And he was the sort of guy that if he, if he drove to the basket, there was about an 80% chance he was landing flat on his back. I mean, it was just sort of, you know, sort of barreling to the basket, throwing something up. Um, but even during last season, between November and, say, February, I mean, he changed so much and developed much more of a, of a balanced game. And, uh, you know, the three-point shooting is not there. It was kind of a mirage a couple of seasons ago. Um, but he has, you know, he's, he's the long athletic type that can block a few shots and be really active, and that's the kind of guy that Thunder likes. So, you know, as of now, he probably kind of resumes his role off the bench. He played a lot of backup center last year, backup four. Uh, but if they do move on from Mello and, you know, they don't bring in a replacement power forward, he could be in line to get that spot. So um, he's definitely a guy that you know, they put a lot of time into and developed and, you know, he's a guy that they wanted to bring back, and the price worked out. And, you know, hopefully he can continue to develop from there. Well, they also add Nerland's Noel in the offseason, um, a guy who 
was potentially supposed to be one of the next big things coming out of college. Hasn't really panned out everywhere he's been. But Oklahoma City adds him. He's 6'11", um, only averaged four points a game last year, but that was on a Dallas team that he, he didn't play as much as probably expected. Um, what do you think his role will be with Oklahoma City this season as they move forward? He was a buy low guy. And the reason, you know, the main reason for that, I mean, you mentioned the lack of playing time. He was injured a lot in his Dallas tenure. Um, you know, last year, I think his season ended with a drug suspension. Um, and he's a guy that it, it's worth that. Work ethic has been one of the biggest question marks with him. And so, you know, I, the, the ideal thought, if you, can, if you can get what is idealized out of him, it's a shot-blocking, rim-running big man. Uh, that kind of fits into, again, what the Thunder typically target. You know, 24 years old and, you know, room to grow there. And I think there's there's a hope that if you bring him into Oklahoma City, the existing culture will get through to him. Because guys like Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, uh, and, and, and on down, I mean, these guys come to work every day. And these guys show up early and they stay late. And it's some of those habits that, you know, Nerlens may have to figure out uh, if he wants to prolong his career. So, uh, you know, again, it was a minimum deal for two years, total cost of around $3.3 million. If it doesn't pan out, you know, it's it's a pretty low cost to take a chance there. Uh, but if it does work, you know, maybe he opts out, but then the Thunder, you know, have built a relationship with him. Maybe they work out a new deal with him, uh, you know, for him to stay around. So, um, you know, there's, it's, it's a big risk, but they have some hopes that maybe they can turn him around a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good risk to take with Noel. Uh, go ahead and try to to see what you can get out of him. Sometimes it just the players it involves is uh, depending on where they're at, the situation they're in, what they can do. So it's just a matter of, of when and if. Um, but for now, you guys have Westbrook for at least up until twenty 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 one twenty two. So you've got him for a while. George is at least three years. I'm not sure if there was a uh, a player option on that fourth year or not for his contract. Yeah, there was. Um, there was? Yeah. Okay, that's what I, I assumed. But um, you got those two guys who are going to anchor that franchise for a while now. What can they do, do you think, to to compete with your Golden States? I know their their contracts are big. Uh, last year they were disappointing in the playoffs. Nobody expected them to lose in the first round, but unfortunately they did. Uh, are there any key role players that they are eyeballing for trades or any kind of guys that, that maybe Westbrook, George are looking at and say, yeah, we want to play with this guy. This guy does what we like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, not only uh, Westbrook and George, but Steven Adams is also on the same timeline as those guys and, you know, if, if you look at outside of Golden State and what they've built, you know, that three that Oklahoma City has, I mean, that stacks up pretty comparably to, like, what Houston has got. Um, you know, with other big threes, I guess, and, and they're dwindling across the league now. But, you know, in other words, it's a good foundation to build with. Um, and they do, again, they have a development system. They've got some guys in the pipeline like Alex Abrinas, like Terrence Ferguson. Um, and, you know, they're – they're hoping to get some contributions out of them down the road. And Golden State is a big bear. You know, I, there's the thought that they're not going to be together for much longer, that something will eventually, whether it's finances or just sheer boredom, is going to wind up breaking up the team. 
Um, and in some sense, I think teams are waiting for that. And I think that kind of, you know, with Oklahoma City locking up these guys for three years, they're sort of saying, let's see if we can compete with and maybe be in position if that does come apart to do something. So, but honestly, the big thing, they need to make some changes from within. And a lot of it has to do with how Russell Westbrook plays, as you know, fantastic as he is. There's some things about him, and you know, the way he seems to love his statistics, the way that he takes plays off defensively, the way he takes nights off if he doesn't respect an opponent, um, the way that he kind of dominates the basketball. There's some of those things that I think some changes could be made, maybe not drastic, but just some changes there to, to open up a few more things and actually improve the team as a whole. Okay. Well, one last question for you, John, and I'll let you go. Um, is this Billy Donovan's hot seat year? Is this the year that Billy Donovan needs to uh, make it work or call it a day in Oklahoma City? Yeah, a lot of pressure on Billy, no doubt. Um, now, on, on one hand, uh, he's been dealing with pressure since he got there. Uh, you know, it's been drama. You know, first it was Durant last year, and then there was a the summer of Will Westbrook resign, and now Will Paul George resign. Now there's some stability. Uh, and so that might help him, but there's no doubt that, you know, he's handed, you know, this team, and okay, now you need to make the most out of it. Um, there is some pressure there. Now, the, you know, the organization, they think very highly of Billy Donovan. Um, you know, when, when people kind of cry for him to be fired around here, they don't really understand, like, I think in some ways they see Billy Donovan like their own Greg Popovich. So it's a guy that they think very highly of. He was instrumental in re-recruiting Paul George back to Oklahoma City. That kind of goes back to some of his college roots that come into play here. So, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for them to keep him. On the other hand, I mean, it's, it's fair enough to say if this team comes up short again, you have to wonder, you know, where the ax would fall uh, if, if it does come down to that. All right. Well, John, thanks so much for jumping on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. You're always welcome. You're our guy when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, make sure everybody you follow John out there, where can they find you, John? Uh, at John M. Ham on the Twitters. And uh, also check out, uh, we have a local podcast here. It's the OKC Dream Team on Patreon.com. Uh, $4 a month. We do two podcasts a week, and it's all the Thunder content you really you need and more. All right. Everybody, make sure you check out John. He writes for Bleacher Report also, so show him some love. And, again, John, thanks so much for jumping on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. I'm too sexy for my love. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy. It would seem I have uploaded the same commercial twice here on the White Man Can't Show. You must feel very sexy tonight. I do. I feel very sexy tonight. But let me go ahead and hit this one here. Have you been injured on the job? Facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right. The practicing law of Stephen P. New 
He has practice areas of personal injuries, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan, and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Well, TR, that was my talk with John Hamm, Bleacher Report writer for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, boy, he gives a lot of insight into the world of the Thunder. Yeah, he does. Um, I, I, I'm hoping personally, uh, I'm kind of liking their, other than Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, and it's nothing personal against him, but get rid of him and free up all that money and, and, and build your team. And it's almost like Billy Donovan, like you said, hot seat, re-recruiting, going back to his college roots, et cetera. Uh, I think that, the effort they made to stay together, which is kind of supporting your LeBron to Cleveland thing and uh, treating the yeah. guys better in on their team, even though I didn't nor don't necessarily agree with your take on the Cleveland-LeBron situation. Uh, similar to Oklahoma, and I kind of like that situation. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm uh, flip flopping one one foot over each <laughs> fence. They they've they've become uh, you know besides the Sixers and uh, you know you got your T Wolves. To me, they're they're they've become a babyface team now to me, and I'm going to kind of root for them next year. It's hard for them not to be. I mean, they didn't. They have not acquired a lot of. Yeah, I don't think they've acquired any big-name free agents. Mello, if I'm mistaken, Mello, and uh, I know George was a trade. Did Mello sign there, free agency? I, or I believe he was traded. Um, yes. I'm almost was. certain Mello was wave. traded. He had the wave that no Cause trade wave. clause. Yeah, because I believe he was traded there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where they build through trades, through the draft. Uh, they build like you're supposed to build. You know, they don't go out and run and sign four big-name free agents and throw them all on one team and go, wow, how about those Warriors? No, how about how about that money? Or how about those players deciding, hey, let's you – know, don't even – I'm not getting back to it. It's almost the end of the show, and I'm in a good mood, so I'm not going back to it. Uh, don't want to get mad again. But we do uh-huh. want to thank our sponsors, wowfreecam.com, the law offices of Stephen P. New, and makeup, doc, makeup by Kennedy, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. And thanks to all our guests this week, Jeff Garcia, John Hamm, James Hollis. Thanks, Lou, for calling in. We got a call from Naj while one of the interviews was going on. He said he would call back, but he never did. So, Naj, if you're listening, thanks for calling anyway, my man. Uh, TR, anything else you want to say this week before we wrap up and get out of here? Uh, Brett Brown blows. Kawhi <laughs> is a dick. Um... And uh, as of now, I'm, I'm in OKC's corner as my uh, as my non-market favorite team right now. Do you have a special rooting interest? 
Yeah, you got to add that big party that Russell Westbrook threw, and waiting till midnight ish for Paul George to say to the excited crowd, "I'm here to stay." That's per- that's just a cool. It is, and, cool and I've always feel you know. I've always liked Russell Westbrook. I have. I've always thought he. I gave him credit when Durant ran from Oklahoma City. Westbrook stayed. He wanted to be the guy to lead the team. I, he's done that. He stayed. He's built the team. He's attracted free agents. He's talked them into staying. And Oklahoma City's not a big market, man. So I give that dude props. All these other guys running around, jumping to other teams to win championships, you wish you could be on Westbrook's level. He's got an MVP to prove it, too. So that's just me. Yeah, I, I give him kudos. Well, thanks for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump this week. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you download podcasts, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. We are there. You can find us on blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. TR, my man, it's been a good show this week, episode 35. We'll be back for 36 next week. More free agency talk, I'm assuming. Maybe some more summer league and – who knows what the future has in store for us, man, as we keep going. We just get, keep getting bigger. Also, Viva La France, our French friends who have started downloading episodes from us. So, Viva La France. Yet another country. Yet another one. We're getting up there, man. We're getting to be global travelers, if you could say yeah. that. <laughs> Tim and Tom show will be back later this week. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Nate and Tim and special guest Armando Martinez will be talking World Cup soccer before the quarterfinals kick off, the round of eight will start. We'll be doing that tomorrow around 3 p.m., hopefully. So tune in for that. Don't want to miss it. Tim and Tom show will be this week, Sunday night roundtable, we hope, on Sunday. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, T.R.? No, just follow uh, T.R. Shock at Wide Jump, first and foremost. Follow at Wide Jump on both Twitter yeah, our and Twitter, Instagram. Our Twitter has been really active lately. You've been getting a lot more followers and a lot of people really commenting on, on tweets. So thank you guys very much. Keep them coming. Positive and negative. I had to put a man in his place today. I had a guy call me a casual basketball fan today. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's like, you casual fans just don't understand. I said, sir, <laughs> casual basketball fan. Good Lord. I've heard it all. But I'm Nate. He's TR. Send us home, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. <laughs>